0: With us today is Lisa Headley, Ayurvedic practitioner, founder of the Mayflower Spa. This is Lisa Headley's strategies for dealing with stress. Hello, Lisa. Hey there. So last week, last week we were talking and um, you said something that was so compelling. that I just wanted to ask you about it again. And it's so hard to do. I had another example of it. It's what I call green juice versus baked potato. And it has to do with taking care Being sufficiently attuned to what you or your companion animal or your whatever needs at that particular moment, even if your schedule says, this is the moment that I do, as you said, hot yoga. Can you talk a little more about that? Wait, wait, wait. So tell me what you want me to talk about? I want you to talk a little more about how the schedule that's on the calendar may not coincide with the way that you feel when you get up in the morning and how you have to be able to adjust
1: Oh, oh, oh! You're talking about the adaptation piece. I, it's funny. I thought of something completely different. Um, no, I mean, it's your, it's it's your show. Success. It's
0: fine. I'm just <sighs> got a lot of. Th- there were a lot of people who commented on that.
1: You mean just being responsive to where you are and where you're where you're at and how you're feeling on a given day
0: at that particular moment, even if your schedule very clearly says uh-huh. that. This, well,
1: here's the deal. Um, I really believe that, especially where exercise is concerned, because exercise can deplete you or build you up really fast in short order, depending on what kind of exercise you're doing. So it's particularly good to be aware of what your body needs on a given day so that you can respond with this sort of a therapeutic approach to exercise, let's say it that way. And I don't mean that we should all focus on, okay, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to get rid of my head cold. It's more about what is your body feeling today? Do you feel sluggish? Do you feel like heavy and you've eaten too much gunk and junk? Or do you feel sort of anxious and flighty? And, you know, once you start to identify those basic kinds of qualities in yourself, then you can give some thought to how you're going to do your exercise. So even if you're, uh, you know, scheduled to do a five-mile run with friends – let's give it that, let's say that, and you wake up feeling agitated and sort of overheated and generally speaking, an intense run might not be the best thing for that kind of a mood. So you could take that run and do it in a different way. Do a lot of deep breathing. Do take it less intensely, make yourself think about it in a gentler way. So it's, it's just a question of how you approach whatever activity you're doing or whatever food you're eating or whatever you're putting you know, in your body or on your body. Just think about what you're doing, what effect it may have, and how you're feeling right? So you're keeping in mind this principle that like increases like. So if you're feeling overheated and sensitive and quick to anger, you might not want to do a hot yoga class. That is heating and will encourage those tendencies in you. But if you've already signed up for the hot yoga class or it's what, you know, you've paid your monthly fee and that's what you do every Tuesday, then approach that with a little more sort of uh, cooling energy, cooling thoughts, which means don't attack it quite so intensely. Take a lot of deep breaths in between poses. Don't do every single pose they're suggesting. Now, you can't change the temperature in the room, unfortunately, but you could bring some ice with you, a bottle of ice water, and put that on your head or on the back of your neck as you're going to keep yourself cool. Do not drink the ice water for other reasons we discussed. But that's, does that answer?
0: It, it, it does. And once again, it sounds so logical from, um, from a theoretical standpoint. And I just, it's the practical application. It's having the ability to take enough of a step back to go, I can't do this. Well, and then there's
1: that. Then there's those days when you really, I had one of those myself. I will tell a story on myself. The other day, I woke up and I was, in fact, scheduled to do a workout. I've been trying to rehab a knee. And I woke up and I realized, oh, my knee is not going to make it to this workout today. And so I just totally switched it up. I said, I couldn't cancel the guy, but I could say to him, my knee's not up to this today. So we need to do something else. So we did a bunch of arm stuff and a bunch of different things. But had I not been aware of the extent of the tweakiness that day, I might have said, nope, it's my day to rehab my knee and this is what we're going to do and that's what's on the schedule. But I, you know, paid attention and said, "Mm, no, that's not what we're going to do today. And I have to say the workout person was encouraging me to do it anyway on the principle that sometimes you need to work through it. And I just...
0: Oh, wow. And that's just, and and that that just speaks to my, if you will, wound, because I run around asking people to just listen for a second, listen to what, listen to themselves, and then listen to the person that they're working with. And when the person that they're working with then turns around, I know someone who, for example, sees an energy healer. But you need a certain amount of energy to see an energy healer. (laughs) I'm not kidding. That's true, because it's work. It it is work.
1: If you're too depleted to do work, you're too depleted to do work.
0: And there has to be something – whereas I notice that people are willing to – if they have a stomach flu, for example, they are willing to accept that they really shouldn't go too far from the loo. They're not (sighs) willing – to if they if it, if it isn't something completely debilitating as opposed to depleting they're not willing to use those same to assess in the same way and that's that's the part that i would love to know strategies for like how do you how do you encourage someone to take their own pulse and go i'm accept that being depleted isn't that the best way to deal with being depleted is to stop, look, listen, and figure out a way to replenish and then get back into action.
1: Yes, but, but also not to just respond reflexively because, right. you know, some days it is true that I'm feeling a little sluggish and I do a sort of more energized workout and lo and behold… It gives me more energy. But that is sometimes true. Absolutely. but there's also these subtleties to making these decisions and to figuring out what's right. I mean, you know, here's an example. This is slightly off topic, but good for women to remember. So we have our cycles, we women that are still having our cycles, the moon cycle. And, you know, in many cultures, you go into your red tent. You rest on the first through third days of your cycle. The cycle is there to cleanse and replenish your body. So in the West, many of my clients and women and even some teachers say, oh, that's ridiculous. We just push right on through that. Well, you can do that, but that is ignoring the fact that your body, your very own body, has this mechanism for cleansing, for detoxifying once a month. And if you respect that and honor that, then you will actually build what we in Ayurveda land called ojas, but you will build extra energy for the month by just respecting and honoring that that is a very intense cleansing downtime, a time when you really could and should do restorative yoga, not a hot yoga class. Can you go do a hot yoga class? Yes, absolutely you can. But I mean, you can. But should you? Well, that's another question. So if you start to ask questions of yourself like that and understand the cycles of your body and understand the way you're feeling, then it starts to become easier and the reasons behind it. Then it starts to become easier to make those more subtle judgments
0: about whether a workout is going to actually energize you or deplete you further. The way that the the rhythm, the natural cycle, has been westernized is you are allowed to be PMSy, and you're allowed to buy mydol, and there there are products instead that, that obviously alleviate certain symptoms, but the symptoms are for a reason, and if you were listening to your body, you would, should, ought to hate to be like this realize that maybe that isn't the best day for a 30-mile run. Right. Simply because your body isn't necessary. This this goes back to what I was talking about. That's not a day where your body is going to um, push through it. As, 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 yeah, as, but
1: some people have trouble, especially, you know, athletes or people who are really addicted to their exercise have a hard time distinguishing that because to them, it's just, I'm training,
0: I'm pushing through, here's what I'm doing. But the addicted part, I think, is the key, don't you? I, I mean, is when, when it moves over into an addiction, or do you not mean it like that?
1: No, I do mean it like that. Actually, because, because there's, the there's very one thing fact, to be committed. Once it moves into an addiction, then you're mindlessly doing something day after day after day, because it's part of your routine. And God darn, gosh darn it, I'm going to do my routine. You know, it's like that. As opposed to, I'm in this routine. For me to actually be a better athlete, if my body is really telling me that I need a day off, if I am feeling the exhaustion deep in myself, then I need to take a day off, and I'll come back the better for it tomorrow, you see? So there are a lot of subtleties to it. You have to really know yourself very well and also know when you're kind of shutting down just because eh, you're a little lazy and you don't want to do it. That's so
0: different. that what do you recommend for getting to, and I, this is going to sound simplistic or almost fatuous to a lot of people, but to some it will be useful. What do you recommend for getting to know yourself?
1: Oh well. Huh. We talk about this all the time in different ways. You just don't usually ask the question that way, but it has to do with all those contemplative practices. It has to do with like I think it was last week we offered that, you know, the different qualities that you could sort of try and identify in the morning about yourself. There's just you could do the eating the the raisin very slowly and appreciating the taste in your mouth to awaken that sense of awareness in yourself to start to really pay attention to the different things you're doing in your day and why you're doing them and how they feel. So even brushing your teeth, you know, at the spa at the Mayflower, we used to do, um, well, I would give a whole series of awareness exercises. And one of them, my favorite one, because it always made people laugh, was to brush your teeth using the opposite hand. Because we all brush our teeth in the morning and we do it fairly reflexively. Right, you probably don't pay a whole lot of attention to the process of brushing your teeth, but if you hold the toothbrush in your opposite hand, all of a sudden it becomes a different experience and one one you are aware of because it's different and new. Um, so it's all those types of exercises. Do you have an, That's
0: a very good one. Do you have, is, is, do you have another one? Like, like those? Those are things that <laughs> that get the you. they, they get they. It's what is it, a forced restart, it, it yeah. makes you stop.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's a forcing yourself to pay attention. The other one is, okay, identify which foot you generally set down on the ground first when you get out of bed in the morning. You'll figure it out quite quickly and then make yourself put the other one down. What that will do is, generally speaking, you get out of bed by putting the foot that's closer to your side of the bed that you're getting on, right? You roll a, sort of roll out and put that foot down first. Well, this would force you then to sit on the side of your bed, and then choose the opposite foot to get started. Again, it's a simple, silly thing, but it's kind of jogs your brain. It jogs your brain into being aware of what you're doing.
0: Right, and there is the – Once somebody said this to me um, when they said, do you stretch in the morning? And I said, I don't have time to stretch in the morning. And they said, have you ever seen one of your animals get out of bed? And so I looked and I watched and – Surprise, surprise. Guess what they do first thing in the morning? They right. strip. They do down dog. My dog does down dog. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what they do. And there's a reason that they do it. And there are, there are similarities with our um, four-legged brethren on, 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 on that count.
1: Well, that is why I always recommend before you get out of bed, before you even sit on the side and put your opposite foot down, doing very simple stretches with your legs. So you raise one leg, do some ankle rolls, do some other ankle rolls, stretch and release the leg, you know, bend at the knee and then stretch, straighten it out, bend at the knee, straighten out, just sort of five repetitions of each thing. It wakes you up and while it's waking up your body, it's reminding you to be connected to your body and taking some nice deep breaths to connect the energy self to the physical body. And then the brain starts to work at the same time. So you bring those things into sort of, I guess you'd say, synchronicity, which if you just pop out of bed and reflexively brush your teeth and stumble out to feed the dog, you're in a very different state. You're in a much more vulnerable state. Because if something's going to come in and be different in tone, it's going to smack you upside the head. (laughs) right? But if you are fully awake, if your body feels like the circulation is going and you've taken some nice deep breaths and you've oxygenated your blood and your brain, you're going to be more likely to be able to say, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going to respond to that or I'm not going to have a reflexive response to that. So... Those are, you know, really but, basic ways to take hold of your day. And then, you know, I get much more complex with it when I work with clients to develop a morning ritual. And I say, okay, brush your body, oil your body. All those things help to wake up the nervous system and the lymph system and the circulatory system. And, you know, all systems go. You know, you're going, like when the pilot gets on a plane, you know, you, how do you your, see them. You do your
0: pre-flight check.
1: Right, it's your pre-flight check. It's really the same thing. Yeah. So it's really advisable. Now, we don't have to do, you know, we as humans don't have to do a pre-flight check to successfully make it through our day or to make it through our day. But it wouldn't but hurt. Wanna, yeah, it, will it, it helps. It definitely helps. I, I I have 100% feedback. I love when I can say something like that, but it's absolutely true. 100% feedback that people who follow the morning ritual that we've designed for them. You know, that's a distinction from just trying to follow a generic morning. ritual. But that,
0: but that's but, because one man's morning ritual is another man's impossibility. And that's that, that, that is always what I find so interesting about diet. It's, it's things that are designed to be um, con, mass consumed almost because there are elements, uh, there are elements that definitely need to be customized.
1: Yeah, well, that's why I always prefer a Chinese menu approach, even if it's generic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can find, or I will offer sometimes in on the web or something to, to general people, um, here are some suggestions of things you can do, and I say just pick three, you yes. know, so that you have this Chinese menu approach. The fact of picking means that you're going to be more committed to it. It's just a fact of our psychological nature. You know, if you're told to do this, eh. Sometimes it doesn't work out. But if you've picked and you kind of rationalize why you've picked, then you're more likely to stick to it.
0: And a question around that, this goes back to your spa days. We've been doing the show for this long, and so, but but I don't know that everybody has been listening to you for this long. Didn't you have some sort of – wasn't there a pre-flight check for people who arrived at the spa? Didn't you ask what they wanted to – accomplished. And didn't you have certain? Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. We had a very extensive intake. I'm sure they still use it there. Intake um, sort of survey, which asked you to think about what kinds of things you wanted to do, what kinds of things you would find helpful. What's stressing you out right now so that we could make suggestions of what we might think was helpful for you. So absolutely. It was a, a, a session with a, a, uh, a counselor, right. staff member, to help you determine and figure out what was going to make your stay the most successful for you, and that was a really big component, and it's a component at many spas. Um, some people take it more seriously than others. You know, I, I um. There's a lot of uh, quizzing out there. You know, quizzes that are given, and then really they just plug you into a generic answer.
0: You know, right. It and makes the, you
1: feel like you're getting it personal attention, but then you're just plugged into a generic right program, one to and, seven, seven to which. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, that's better than nothing, potentially, but if you're going to go down the route of asking people specific questions, then you want to kind of try to personalize things to them for true and for real. That is true. And And you have to do the same for yourself. I guess that's what I'm saying. You know, In the absence of a spa matron standing over you in your very own home, which many of us don't have, most of us don't have, in fact, none of us have, you can be your own spa matron. You know, you can be your own um, person to help yourself determine what's going to be best for you. And that's why I gave that, you know, offered that, um, the qualities checklist, because that's a really basic, fundamental, what am I feeling, what am I thinking kind of thing. And when you get more involved in that kind of thinking, there are even more modalities you could add to it. Like um, a friend of mine just found her way into aromatherapy and got a box of essential oils that um, it's fantastic and she's so loving it and she's so not this kind of person. But it, she was, a, she is able, as a result of doing the qualities check in the morning, to pick an appropriate scent to enhance her day, um, and which is
0: kind of groovy. wonderful. And it mm-hmm. also gives you, I hate to use this term, I'm going to try and find a better way, it, it, it enables you to participate. I find a better term. Because yeah. when when you start feeling, oh goodness, I could figure this out a little bit, then your confidence increases exponentially. I I, I have yes. found, and let me tell you two things about the essential oil
1: approach. Like that, is that first of all, in Ayurveda school we were learning the pulse, you know, to read pulses, and one of our teachers gave us as a as a test. A variety of different scents, you know, on um, little cotton balls. And he said, okay, sniff this one and then feel the pulse again. And you could literally feel a change in certain aspects of the pulse. And in Ayurveda, it's complicated. The pulse is not just the boom, 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 boom beat. It has to do with feeling different things that are going on in the body, the qualities of different things. And you could literally feel the qualities change as a result of sniffing certain scents. So, you know, rose and sandalwood are cooling scents and um, the citrus scents, for example, are uplifting scents. So again, if you do a practice of of recognizing what your kind of qualities slash moods are for the day, and then you go in your bathroom and you've got this easy selection of three or four scent ways that you know specifically will respond to that, it's not rocket science. Then you mix that, a drop of that into the oil you're going to, massage your body with, or you just sniff it even, and that's going to help you. I have a, a bar of, this is going to sound really funny, but a friend of mine, an acquaintance of mine, makes a really lovely sandalwood soap. It's a handcrafted sandalwood soap, and she uses really high-quality sandalwood. So the soap is that the soapy smell is overtaken by this really wonderful sandalwood scent. So I have her little paper-wrapped, I'm holding it in my hand right now, soap sitting on my desk, and I take ni- nice, deep inhales of it every once in a while, especially sitting at my desk when I'm surrounded by a million things I have to get done and do, and I need to just cool my brain down and chill for a second. I use that, and it absolutely works. I call it my olfactory mantra. It's, you know, the olfactory sense, the sense of smell, and it becomes a mantra. It's a thing that I can repeat for myself, not verbally, but in an olfactory sense,
0: that chills me out. And And didn't you at one point, I recall doing a show about this as well, but didn't you at one point um, do something where you carry, I, I remember you being on a train, didn't you, don't you carry little scent sticks or something? Yeah,
1: well, while well, when I was at the Mayflower, we we produce, we manufactured these little roll-on scent sticks, and it was a particular scent that we called Santosha, which I really just loved. It was made for me by my friend at um, Red Flower, and I have to pre- reproduce that again now. Actually, it makes me think of that because it was so because that is something soothing and soothing. But and it's calm. also easy
0: in the way that uh, you know people buy lip gloss or something like that.
1: Yep, it was a roller ball applicator. Um, you see them out there. I think you know, like in the health food stores, you can see different ones that usually aimed at sh- different chakras. And you know, that's very esoteric, and that's very. It gets more complicated. And I think it's a little more daunting to start to ask people to check in with their chakra for the no, day, no, no, no. You know, which it's, one is operating and which one no, isn't. No. And a lot of people think that's hooey, hocus, pocus, and which it isn't. But it's
0: it's a way to think. It's, it's a more. It's, it's a little bit it's, it's the old trick with homeopathy where you held a there are several different remedies that could treat it yeah. you want to find the one but <clears throat> sense or anything like that is simple because your body just it's it's very easy we're gonna run out of time which is sort of staggering to me but your body is willing to pick the first you, you you know your body will like one better than the other better than the other there's no such thing as oh they're all just yeah they're all okay or if the if those three are okay. That means there's a four. Because You're
1: making me laugh today, but you're absolutely right. And there are, and the reason for that is that your body is predisposed on a given day and a given time of year or whatever to need certain things. It's like if you're taking, you know, if you're drinking water and you're totally parched, your body just absorbs it. It needs it. It needs it to get rounded out and healthier.
0: And so the scent works in a similar fashion. And it's very cool so, and it's going to be a to be continued because it happened. Thank you very much, Lisa Headley, Ayurvedic Practitioner, founder of the Mayflower Spa. This is Lisa Headley's strategies for dealing with stress. Lisa can be found at La Life, L-A-H-Life